Hello. Hey. And welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brenda Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I'm excited for the eventual supercut of all your variations of intros. <laughs> uh, so you always keep me guessing. I, I feel like, like the it. past three weeks have just been me screaming it at the top of my lungs. <laughs> yeah, you've become a, a 30s auctioneer. Yeah. Or no, more like 1910. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like I'm drowning in jello and I'm trying to call out for help. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that dream. Been there. Speaking of Jello and other uh, corporate snacks, I um, <laughs> spoiler alert: we are uh, we are going to talk about the FF7 remake demo today, or as fans call it, uh, yeah, FF7 we're we're in like RD March Madness for real now. Yeah, this is the beginning of the end because we Animal Crossing comes out on the twentieth. So at the time of this recording, like less than two weeks, twelve mm-hmm. days, which is which is going to be a blast. I'm. <sighs> It's because I've, I've said this before, like that's the kind of game where like at first you play it a lot and then it becomes like an hour a day kind of thing. Yes. So I, I think it's going to be a big deal for for a bit and then it will just become like a constant. Either way, a huge release. And then April 10th, of course, is FF7 Remake. Uh, and also not to be overlooked at the end of March is Persona 5 R. Personally, just as a heads up, because like this time or not this time last year, but at the end of last year, we really like stuck to big launches like as they came out. Like we picked up everything yeah. with the day it came out. I think for some of these games, other than Animal Crossing and FF7, you're darn tootin' I'm gonna get the day they come out. I've pre-ordered FF7, the digital cactuar bonus, whatever <laughs> I get. I don't even know what I get. I just got it because I I had to. I get a Carbuncle like uh, AI. It's like the new Siri. Carbuncle. Uh, what's uh what's what's the roots of algebra? I don't know. What are you gonna ask Carbuncle? Um, <laughs> all that to say, I will probably get Persona Five R after FF Seven. So I want to have like I don't want to be too flippant with what I devote my time to, and that's also a really exciting uh, game. It's a little bit lower on my list just because it's kind of like I mean it's ironic that it's lower than a remake, but you know it's it's a recent remake, right? Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it, but I think I want to have the time allotted to like really appreciate it. So yeah, honestly, I think I guess this is kind of a segue into talking about Final Fantasy, but like I I. I would say that the addition of the word remake in Final Fantasy VII Remake is kind of doing that game a disservice. I think so. I kind of wish they just called it FF7, you know? Yeah, yeah. What power would, would there be in that? That'd be wild. Final yeah. Fantasy VII 2020. That's kind of what they did. I mean, that happens, I think, with movies once they've made the fifth or sixth one. They're like, we can't call this five. Right. Like, we just have to start over, <laughs> like Rocky Balboa. Fast or, and Furious. Uh, yeah. So all that to say, um, today we'll be talking about the demo. Uh, for those who are unaware, there is a free playable demo of FF7. Uh, we'll, how about we be the change we want to see? We'll just call it FF7. You know, and if yeah. we have to specify, we'll say remake. If uh, we can say we- Cats 2019, we can say FF7 2020. <laughs> FF7 2020 is great. Or we could just call the original game FF7 Classic (laughs) (laughs) and get our lunch money taken immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, corporate snacks. Just a quick vent from me because this is going to be a very positive episode. We we go out of our way to cultivate a positive atmosphere. But I have a little bit of negativity to unleash onto the world today. Wow. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have to buckle my seatbelt. Yeah, yeah, please. Take your time to buckle up for this one. This is a big deal and high stakes. (laughs) that was me buckling my seatbelt that was incredible foley work brendan just took a ps4 remote and a (laughs) tv remote and hit them together and it made the sound of buckling up (laughs) for the aspiring foley artists out there there's a little 
little tip for you. How do you get um, that job? I've always wondered how to become a Foley artist. It's such a cool thing, isn't it? It I don't feels know. like so... I feel like there are things that I've done in my life that could lead up to me being a Foley artist. Like, if I got that job... Somebody would be like, yes, that does make sense for you. But I don't know what is what is the career trajectory? Because yeah. so far I've done Blockbuster, Starbucks, selling uh, desk phones, circuit breakers on Amazon, uh, working for a podcasting startup, and now I work at Marvel. And I don't think that that's the trajectory to becoming a Foley artist. I feel like you have to be like a spy and one of the blue men in Blue Man Group. Because that's yeah. like the, the two, like you have to like know what sound hitting things make and also be secretive about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 shit. You did, you did, you did Blockbuster and then Starbucks. You were supposed to do Hollywood video and then Dunkin' Donuts. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, anyway, we're buckled up. Uh, this is funny because literally right, but as if like there was some kind of like ominous like forecast before we started recording i was like should i get another cup of coffee i guess i will and here we are <laughs> talking about foley artists and buckling up anyway there was a bizarre promo for ff7 coming out in 2020 ff7 2020 that was like that everyone it, be, it became a meme instantly it was like hey hey gamers game right buy go out and buy two butterfingers baby ruths or crunch bars and you'll get a limited edition dynamic theme for your playstation 4 <laughs> mm-hmm. now this is bizarre for a number of reasons one doesn't really happen too often like limited edition dlc unlocked by buying candy i don't really at this age just like buy candy for myself maybe i'm alone but like i just feel like i never like just do that you very know? infrequently i was in line at a Dwayne reed the other day and i looked at a box of whoppers and said i i'm over the age of 13 and can't buy those anymore. <laughs> yeah exactly i uh no shade if you do that's great but like i'm never like i really could use like a, a king size mr good bar right now yeah <laughs> or or a whatchamacallit or an o henry if you will yeah, um, pretty much just at the movies, like exclusively at the movies. At the yeah, movies. exactly. Or if it's like available, or someone ha- gives it to me. But it's yes. a weird thing to give to yourself, at least for me. The very nice um, person in your office who has a little bowl of like fun size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's it's it, it, we bring that up because this is sort of a warped version of that generosity. It's like <laughs> we'll give you this limited edition digital theme that you shouldn't have a finite amount of. If you go out and you buy two of the worst candies available, I'm just going to say I hate Butterfinger. Do you Baby really? Ruth. I don't like it. It's oddly greasy. It tastes like chalk. It feels like chalk. Baby Ruth's I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like peanuts a lot, but it I don't like it as much as I should in Crunch Bar. I feel nothing. Yeah. Crunch Bar might as well be the wind washing over me. Yeah. So you, you texted me about, okay, actually, no, when I was in Chicago, we didn't even mention this. I was in Chicago for a couple of days. We went to yeah. uh, C2E2. Um, it was a blast. Yeah, it was really, really great. And we could maybe talk about that later. But uh, yeah. but you showed me your calendar for the upcoming week and you were like, oh, yeah, on Monday I have to buy two Butterfingers. Um, yeah. So on Monday, I also in solidarity bought a Butterfinger. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, I did for just one. <laughs> uh, just to be part of the experience. Just, yeah, just to be one part of the Part of the revolution. Who bought... <laughs> <laughs> you know, gamers rise up, all that. Um, so I bought the one and then I split it with uh, one of my coworkers and we were eating it. Just like s- both of us independently were just staring at the Butterfingers going, what is this? Yeah, what is it? What is that, it? That's the thing. What is it? It's like, it feels like whatever the material they do, they use to make like quote unquote wooden furniture, but it's just like ash wrapped in paint. Yeah, if you were to saw any Ikea furniture in half, it looks exactly get, like a Butterfinger. Yeah, and then cover it in like 
a pile of leaves that was heavily rained on. That's Butterfinger. <laughs> Fuck Butterfinger, and I'll get to why. So, uh, so if you buy two, you get this theme. It's the classic shot: Tifa and Nibelheim looking up at the stars. Yeah, it's a it's a cool theme. Uh, and that's like love Tifa, one of my favorite characters in a video game. Very cool. Wanted this theme. And also, I am just, like, I've become a fallen priest of hype for this game, where, like, no matter how, no matter what left turns they take, Carbuncle with the neocortex forehead, Butterfinger (laughs) promos, I'm in. I'm gonna go all out for this whole experience, even Mm -hmm. if I regret it. And that was sort of my, especially during this. And it's also, like, I'll just say it, I'll speak on Avalanche's behalf here. The real Tifa would never do a Butterfingers promo. (laughs) That group of people daily, on a daily basis, risk their lives to bomb corporations. They would never (laughs) sign up for this. This is not the real Tifa. This is an imposter or... They sold out. Either yeah. way, I'm I'm also selling out. Let's just do it. Become what you hate to get what you love. You know, mm-hmm. which is oddly the theme of Shadowbringers FF14 uh, coming at you hot 2020. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm a mess. I went out that day and I went to Walgreens to run some errands. I bought some Burt's Bees chapstick, which might have been my demise because my first receipt. Oh, this is how it works. This is how archaic it is. Also, stepping outside the bit, nothing but empathy for. The probably three people who have to look at every receipt emailed to them at Butterfinger Corp. Like, I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry uh, for this whole thing. But I have to vent. So how it works is you buy two Crunch Bars Butterfingers. Uh, honestly, AJ, just like with my <laughs> bleep out Butterfinger from now on. <laughs> from now on. Okay. From now on. Uh, leading up to it, keep it. But bleep out from now on can i say can i say one more thing about yeah. it before we start bleeping it out forever um i do miss butterfinger bb's just like a, it was a, it was like a spin-off candy of butterfinger also do a promo for butterfinger yeah uh i yeah bb is doing a promo for butterfinger bb's right now steven um I, <laughs> you I get just, a, a dynamic theme of sam just chugging monster energy as bb gives a thumbs up um, I just want them back. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Brendan. You're so uh, I went out to Walgreens. I bought two Baby Ruths and March 3rd, 12 p.m., the promo began. I bought the Butters and Bird Speeds Chapstick TM like maybe 10 minutes before 12 because I'm an hour behind. So the whole thing was thrown off, but I had my receipt, took a picture of it and sent it in. And within 10 minutes, my receipt was rejected. So like, <laughs> nope, not taking this one. Okay. And I was like, what the heck? And it gives you a link to contact customer support. The first time my receipt was rejected, foreshadowing, I was like, I don't want to contact customer support. I have a heavy background working customer support. Do I want to become the man calling or emailing about his rejected Baby Ruth receipt for a dynamic Final Fantasy VII theme? Yes. Not yet. So Not yet. I, <laughs> I was like, okay, like, all right, all right. I think what happened was maybe the Burt's Beast threw it off. And, and I think most notably, these were purchased before the promo was officially, it had officially begun. Mm-hmm. So I think that was it. So I was like, fine, went out. All that was left were butters. So I bought two. The cashier didn't give me a receipt right away. So I had the most embarrassing moment of my life where I had to ask for a receipt. And they literally said, why? And I'm like, it's just for a thing. Um, (laughs) So they printed out my receipt. Uh It says like two butters on the receipt. I took a picture of it. I made sure it had like everything. All the info. So at this point you purchased four butters. I purchased four, two baby roots and two butters. 
shit, none of which I Just wanted, and yeah. I had to just okay. eat to get rid of. I didn't want to throw it out. Four things I didn't want for one thing I do. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture. I sent it in. I sent it in on the like later that day, just to get this over with. Because again, I'm 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 concerned that the limited edition digital copies will run out soon. So email then don't hear back for days. Meanwhile, everyone else in my life is getting it. Everyone else is like, oh, I got it. I got the email. Woohoo! And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna. It says three to five business days. I'm gonna wait. And today, I'm like, it's been a little bit long. I'm gonna I'm gonna send in the receipt again. Just and I also told myself outside the bit, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. If it gets rejected, mm-hmm. I'm not buying more butters because this is ridiculous. This started off as a bit. And now it's become like my personal undoing. Yeah. People are concerned. This is not how my life was supposed to play out. So I emailed them the receipt again today. And within minutes, I get an email saying your receipt was rejected. And I'm just like, what? I don't know what I could have done differently. Okay. Literally bought two butters, says it on the receipt. Yeah. Contact customer support. I click the link. I'm not going to call because I'm not, a, I'm not a monster. But I did email. And... I was just like, hey, no big deal, but I don't know, like I bought them, I don't know what I could have done differently, thanks for your help. Very polite email. Yeah. Uh, I did make a glaring typo though, and now I'm like, I can't believe I've become the man emailing about the rejected but receipt and i made a big typo so it looks silly yeah so here's where i'm at and this is now unfortunately is the permanent like blemish small stain on my robe of being a fallen priest of hype because as much as i'm going to love this game i can never forget that i bought four butters <laughs> for no reason <laughs> well two baby roos and, and two butters but yeah so i'm just gonna say like if you're gonna do this if you're if you're drawn to this uh promo like i was i don't know it seems like a gamble don't do it more than once because like this fucking blows (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's all i got i wish there was a stronger thesis but like i'm so sorry that that's how that story ends no i mean it's okay i mean who knows maybe i'll get a reply to the email and they're like oh my god we're so sorry the irony is i should be there there are tiers of prizes you can get like other dlc for buying more than two, which oh, I really? have done. So theoretically, I should be owed the the I bought four butters and get like a weird cactuar poster or something. Now I'm gonna have like nightmares of, of Red Thirteen being like, you know, if you buy some Monsanto stock, I'm gonna give you an action figure. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like this might have been a moral test. This game has such anti-corporate themes running through it visibly and under the surface that like they were like, if you truly are embodying the message of Avalanche, you would not fall for this. And yeah, I did. You, you definitely you checked the uh, accept the terms and conditions box, but forgot to check the box under that that says I will never buy a button. Now the, the version of the game I'm gonna get is just the cast laughing at me as they eat butt <laughs> <laughs> that they stole. That they stole. Yeah, like we didn't even buy this shit. Yeah, this is crap. <laughs> yeah, but if you got the theme, I'm happy for you. Good news is that, like, honestly, there's a theme I like more that's just coming out if you get the game that oh, I will have. It's the cast on the edge of the highway. That's oh, perfect. The stu- yeah. It's perfect. But this was the limited edition thing. I was so close to having it all, Brendan, and I yeah. and I fell from grace. Like Icarus buying four butters. <laughs> and they melted before he could reach the sun. Icarus screamed as his wings melted. Uh, don't lay a finger on my butter. <laughs> <laughs> and Daedalus yelled back, huh? I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's... Wow. It, it's, it, I truly don't care, but I am kind of pissed that I spent like... 
I don't know, $8 on things I didn't want, and I didn't even get the thing. So I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. <laughs> no, it's, it's inherently silly. It's so silly. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I did it for a shout out to our friend Pablo who like CC'd me in the promo. There was a Polygon article where it was like, for the Tifa theme, I will buy chocolates. And yes. I'm like, everyone knew it was a silly thing and I wanted to be part of it. And I, and I was denied twice for reasons I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I don't, like the second time. I'm like, should I have, should I have taken a picture? Should I have s- scanned my face data holding two butterfingers? Yeah. So you can just have that forever. <laughs> yeah. So that's my story with that. But the good news is the demo's out and it's really fucking good. And I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. I just, just to put a cap on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Will please. you try again? Do you think like for real, like I know you just said like pretty like you're not going to. Do you think you actually are not going to or do you think you you must have the limited edition thing and you will get it? Part of me hopes that (laughs) I won't. Uh The promo is until like May. So I got time. Oh, you have so much time. (laughs) I have so much time. Maybe I'll try and get it. I mean, for you, not for me. I don't want it. (laughs) I I don't think you. you. Oh, could you do that? I'm sure. I'm sure they would email me a code and then I could just Just send send you the code. That would be great, actually, because like I think I think I must have been like flagged in their system or something. Like this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. This guy wants it too much. Yeah, yeah. This guy, <laughs> this guy bought chapstick at ten a.m. and two baby roots. I don't think he even knows what the promo is. Um, yeah, I mean, if that would be a really beautiful turnaround for this for this like Greek tragedy I've been writing for myself. Yeah, um, was if the power of friendship is what got you the theme. Yeah, you bought one butt almost as foreshadowing of like the duality that would follow. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you want to I just do that, know that'd that be you great. would pay it forward eventually with something Animal Crossing related. Because I am also in this like Sisyphusian nightmare trying to get everything Animal Crossing related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you pre ordering the Switch that that you already had a Switch was the version of buying 18 butter. Yes, for, for a limited edition dynamic theme. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get my hands on the Target uh, exclusive journal that you get when you pre-order the game, <laughs> even though I'm not pre-ordering it from Target. Like, there are a lot of things going on on my side yeah. of, of this. I don't even know what this divide. I just hate that, like, in Butter's data, my full name exists, and this email that I misspelled is like, Hi, I didn't get the thing I wanted. Thanks for your help. And they're like, look at this clown. Look at this fool so our stumbling. HQ, there's a clone of yeah. you floating. Yeah. <laughs> a vat of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I found my Shinra, and it's whatever company owns this. It's not even Hershey. It's like Chocolate Corp. <laughs> They're the ones who are trying to steal the everlasting gobstoppers in Willy Wonka. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, tragedy aside, if you could get me that, I would. I would be so happy. That would make my day because I don't I truly don't think I like I've done everything in my power responsibly. If I buy mm-hmm. again, then there's like then there's the other pending worries. Yeah. So like you're, you're tipping yeah. over the edge. I'm tipping over. It goes from being a bit to like something I'm actually like invested. Yeah, it, beca- in, it becomes which, a quest. It is like, yeah, yeah it's, it's a little bit too real at that point. No, thanks. Chocolate. Uh, TM, what what is the? I don't even want to know what the company's name is. Um, they don't have that power over me. Should we? Should we? Make, we actually did talk about that for a long time. Do you want to take a break real quick and then come back and actually talk about <laughs> yeah. the demo? Wow, I, that was supposed to kick things off, but it ended up just like being a little bit a lot. It was twenty minutes. <laughs> the first game I played this week was trying to buy. Bu- 
fuckers. I got something to say about bullying. I sent a <laughs> bunch my, of electronic eat my mail. ass. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Do that promo at your own risk. True. Like, honestly, I would give like a heads up that like, I guess you got to do something real specific. Read the fine print. I even checked the UPC code of the two bullying that I purchased to make sure it like matched up with what they needed. And guess what? It fucking did. I don't know what I could have done. <laughs> Should I have specified that my receipts say, like, everlastingly at the sign-off? Like, what could I have done differently? <laughs> what could I have done? All right, yeah, let's take a let's break. Let's take a break. Steven, we have now both played the demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake S Definitive Edition for, for the, the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch. Switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, FF7 2020. In the spirit of that, though, can you imagine if they did that and let you switch between graphic styles, like in Dragon Quest? Oh my god. Like, you could switch between the... How good. Yeah. And that wouldn't really work with the battle system, but that could be kind of a fun shout-out. That would be very fun with the battle system. Yeah, that exactly. I wonder if there will be like some kind of in-game reference to the old style. I could see them putting a game in uh, Golden Saucer where you play like the original FF7 <laughs> in like some way. Yeah. Not the whole thing, obviously, but anyway enough daydreaming we played the demo i'd love to hear what you think first because i i spent the beginning of this episode just like truly going down a rabbit hole i didn't know i ever would so um but i i have a lot to say uh mostly very good um mm-hmm. and i i'd love to hear because i i've i've now talked to a lot of people who have played the demo who have either like me had very strong ties to the original mm-hmm. or uh who had never played it before and you're kind of in the middle you have recently played through the midgar section so you're like right at least last time we talked about it i have played everything that will be in the remake yes or exactly. the first part of the remake yeah right right which so like maybe hear... i should just keep up that pace like maybe after i'm done playing remake i will then play the next bit of the original and then wait for that remake and then do the next bit i was thinking of doing that myself actually because i've been i've been wanting to go back to the original and in, in the spirit of things because i have it on switch which is a great port by the way we talked about it a few episodes ago but yeah um if you don't have the original the switch version like is the one to get um it is a and, really really good port i i yeah. really enjoyed it especially with all yeah. the as we talked about um in our episode about that and oblivion which was one hell of an episode <laughs> um they they add a lot of uh really great just like user experience stuff uh, yeah to, to exactly. like kind of ease the process so if you're going back to that game and playing it again it, it will make that experience faster and more fun if you are like me and you don't really like that battle system uh it will allow you to just kind of like fly through it in a way that is nice the good thing about ff7 though like in contrast to other old rpgs from the 90s is that you don't need to grind really like yeah. you can kind of just progress the critical path pretty easily so like it makes that game like i would say the combat is the one thing to kind of move past still like even even on top of the graph graphics and stuff like the material system is fun but you know it's just a little bit dated but uh i'm really happy to see like earlier in this show i always had this sort of sour feeling in my soul that i'm like i know i love this game but i wonder like if someone coming to it now would still love it Mm -hmm. and then you did that and and i know many other people who picked it up well after 97 uh who were older than nine years old like i was when i first played it Mm -hmm. who it still really hit hard with and i think we'll get into why as we talk about the demo and I think just in short, like I am really excited because I think that when this remake comes out, it will, it will reintroduce this game to a lot of people who might've missed it. But I think the original game will always have a place and I see them 
existing alongside each other rather than one replacing the other i totally agree yeah 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 so uh and that's i think the sign of a good remake i feel similarly to resident evil 2's remake which Mm. i think like is the best remake i've ever played in that it retains so much of what makes that era great but like modernizes it in a way that that like makes those things even more exciting right but you know there's always going to be a place for the like can't be original with tank controls the same way like Mm -hmm. you can never replace the charm of the of the 3d polygon sprites like that will always exist yeah in that time capsule anyway uh tell me what you thought of the demo and then i'll uh just like gush for three days after that yeah it is good period your turn Wait, that's all you got? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let this episode be more than half butter related. <laughs> it is good. Go, don't buy butter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I downloaded the thing immediately as soon as I saw it was available. Uh, let it download when I got home. Got home, sat down, turned it on, and just like I, I was excited to sit down and play the demo, but it was in that moment where I was on the title screen where I just had like a real holy shit moment. Yeah, um, yeah. J- it's just like, this is one of those like legendary ideas for a game like Kingdom Hearts 3 or Another Half-Life uh, that have right. just been like kind of floating around for so long that anytime one of them comes out, it's like it's it's like people have moved mountains um, I, I imagine like the eventual eventual uh, persona ports to switch will be that also like when, <laughs> right, when we yeah, finally yeah. are able to play a per, like an the actual persona, persona three game. like definitive edition the persona three sapphire will right. come out yeah yeah on the, when whenever that inevitably happens because I'm sure it has to happen at some point it'll be way too late but it will happen um, <laughs> yeah exactly. Wh- when that happens we will have the same feeling I just was sitting on the title screen of this just like kind of like jaw agape just kind of like in awe of the fact that I was about to actually do it and then you start playing it and it opens up with the Aerith dropping flowers and and uh, the the loveless sign and like the entirety of what you remember about Final Fantasy VII. And I, having just played this, like, I even was getting nostalgic about that opening cutscene, weirdly enough. But we mentioned this in talking about this remake, uh, I think at E3 or, or maybe before that. But, like, this game looks like how the original felt. It, yeah. When you are yeah. playing that game, either when you're nine years old, I imagine in your case, or even me playing it last summer, like, this is what exactly what I wanted it to be aesthetically. And like, that's nice as kind of like an overcurrent of of what this game is, is like, yes, it looks really great, but that was always going to happen. I think that was always going to be the case. That is like the one thing everybody wanted was for the game to look good. That's why they weren't going to mess that up. Yeah. Right. Um, What I was more concerned about was how the thing plays and, and feels it was a bummer, I, I will say, and I texted you immediately as soon as I started playing. It was a bummer that I couldn't switch the voice options um, and switch it to subtitles. At least in the demo, yeah. But, yeah, right. I, I hope that that's the case in, in the retail version, but I guess we'll find out. Um, not to say the dub is bad, but I just wasn't looking for that experience, uh, especially after having played like 40 hours of Dragon Quest uh, dubbed. Uh, and and enjoying that experience more. But anyway, um, you hop off the train as Cloud, and there's this shot that you start the game at that is like almost a one-to-one shot of the original game just 
as beautiful as it could literally possibly be with 2020 technology. Um, and and I was just floored immediately. Like I just kind of hung out there and just like watched smoke rise in the distance for a while. Uh, yeah. And then you just proceed to play the entirety of of that like first opening sequence where you have to uh, bomb a Mako reactor. Mako reactor? Yeah. Which one is it? Um, I've heard both. I've always said Mako to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like I've heard it pronounced differently, both from characters in the game yeah. and also people okay. in real life. Yeah, I, uh, I felt like I was I think losing Barrett it every says time. Mako. Yeah, every time Barrett said Mako, I was like, "That's not correct." But maybe it is. Yeah, um, maybe it is because I thought it was magic. Isn't it magic? Isn't that the whole thing? We also it, Mako is the and like the life stream of the planet. Basically, yeah. it is it has magical properties, but it's essentially like the life essence of of the planet, of yeah. Earth. Yeah. Um, and you'll you'll learn more about that uh, once you get to Cosmo Canyon, uh, which you'll get to soon, and where you are in the game. Great. Um, you um, meet uh, Red Thirteen's grandpa. He explains the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, is that real? Absolutely. Yeah. His <laughs> name is Bugenhagen, and he's a flying old man. It's not Red Twelve. <laughs> no, Red Eleven. He, adoptive grandfather. He's a person. Okay. Uh, you. I won't spoil Red Thirteen's backstory, but it's one of the cooler moments. Also, if there was a theme. With that shot of Red 13 and the, uh, no spoilers here, but there's another of his tribe looking at the moon together. I would buy as many beers as I needed to for that theme, but alas. Ground me I in beers for Red 13. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so you're, you're doing that entire first sequence up through uh, bombing the reactor. Yeah, it's like f- uh, the whole, in, in the original game and in this one, that takes like between 20 minutes to 45 minutes essentially yeah Yeah. um so having played through it having played through it at this point looking back and just like in the experience of doing it found myself like stopping myself very frequently to just have this like i can't believe this is happening moment um it is funny like how video gamey it feels at times in ways that i wasn't expecting like i thought it would i thought it was going to be way more cinematic than it ends up being like there sure are a lot of instances where they're like why don't you smash these crates or like, yeah. or like you, you are doing like a timing puzzle, quote unquote puzzle, where you're like running through lasers. Like it, it is very funny how like kind of uh, almost like PS2 era video game it feels, but is the most beautiful thing I've ever yeah. seen. I mean, I think they went out of their way to retain that kind of division the original game had. Where yes. like you're dealing with all these heavy things, but like at any point an enemy can turn you into a frog, which like they've already shown footage of yeah. in this remake. Like I think if you took out a lot of that stuff you would end up with something that felt like the lion king remake where like it's just like a gray lifeless version of the original yeah um but this they they're going out of their way to keep it like that which i appreciate Uh, even though the laser timing puzzle i completely fucked up and jesse's like are you all right (laughs) (laughs) like no i just bought five butter anyway uh Uh, yeah i i found this experience to be pretty much in Incredible the whole way through. Um, yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. It sold me on the game completely in a way that, like, I was already pretty sold on trying it out at least. Um, but now I'm like going to purchase it on day one. The only, like, literally, the only real gripe I have against it at the moment is just the combat. While great, like it feels like an evolution of what Final Fantasy 15 was in a really great way, um, and is honestly closer to Kingdom Hearts, I think. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 specifically? Uh, ugh, I would disagree with that, but uh, in, in some ways I see what you're saying. At least, like, I think this is doing what Kingdom Hearts 3 was trying to do, if that makes sense. Yes, let me get to the second part. Okay, it's gotcha, gotcha. Um, it is an evolution of Final Fantasy 15's combat. It is like getting close to Kingdom Hearts, 
um, but but does expand on what they are trying to do in that game to a degree that I think will be good when I am playing the full game and doesn't work as well in the demo. They throw so much at you immediately in the yeah. demo. At least the first I played it twice at this point. I think you've also played it multiple times. Um, yeah. My first time through the demo, I was like, I don't really know what this combat is all about. And I was like really trying to figure it out in the beginning. And then about halfway through, I just completely gave up. And I was like, I'm just going to hit X and like do the ATB stuff whenever it tells me that I can. Um, And that was like kind of the most that I ever tried doing. On my second time through, you kind of like start to experience a little bit more nuance and you start to kind of understand it because you're going in with an understanding and like they're hitting you with um, with a bunch of tutorial screens that like you have already read and you understand. So then uh, on my second time through, just had like a way more fun time yeah, playing same. through it. Um, so I, I think that in the full retail release, that combat will feel really great. And that was my biggest concern about the game in general was how is it going to feel combat wise yeah Um, and they i think they probably nailed it uh i I guess we'll see further into it but at least in playing the demo twice i feel like they nailed it yeah i i've played the demo three times Mm -hmm. so uh the the first time i woke up and like concerned friends dm me like hey the demo's out and i was like oh fuck it was like an hour before work so i yes i tried to play as much of it as possible before work eventually had to leave and then i came back and finished it mm-hmm. so that was the first time kind of a rushed feral experience <laughs> yes. almost um, and then i was okay i definitely want to play it again uh, and then I played it last night just to kind of have it fresh for today. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. I think the Kingdom Hearts 3 comparison is I think that like on a very basic level, uh, both games are like about attacking in real time to build up some type of meter to use a stronger move. Yes. The thing about Kingdom Hearts 3 is, which is why I went like, ugh, uh, <laughs> was Kingdom Hearts 3 feels so out of your control, at least for me. Like, mm-hmm. I we're a little bit harsh on that game, but, like, I, I understand, like, there are a lot of people out there who really liked it, and, and that's awesome. I really wanted to, but that aside, the combat for me it didn't really work as much because it felt like so much was happening, and I was given so many options right away, and I didn't really, I couldn't ever feel what was effective or not it all looked cool but like every like literally every 20 seconds i would end up like summoning a carousel and then like you know it felt more like a very manic version of a dynasty warriors game which like has its place like that's not inherently bad i think that can be very fun to just have like an over-the-top action-oriented fighting hordes of enemies but i don't think that's Mm -hmm. what kingdom hearts 3 was going for i think they're going for what they are now doing here yeah um I would add that, like, I was surprised at how tough the game was, especially the first time. Yeah. Um, the combat basically is, uh, at first, you just have Cloud, and Cloud, uh, you know, has, like, sort of, like, I would compare it to a much more grounded version of Nier Automata, where, like, you're slashing your sword in real time, and you kind of have, like, combos within that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has two different stances, which I really like, and I'll, I'll talk about that more as yeah, we go on. I'm a on. big fan but, like, of this. Yeah. Every character, I, I think they've gone out of their way to make every character have a specific role and like have a little bit of nuance within that. So Cloud has two modes where one is like just balance, basically, I think it's called operator mode. Mm-hmm. And one is called Punisher, where like I think he takes more damage or like he can't like uh, he can't counter magic or range attacks, but like he does way more damage to people around him. Yeah. So. But the biggest piece of advice that I read in the uh, Square Enix blog post and also <laughs> realized while playing it is On that... On the inside of a butter <laughs> wrapper. <laughs> in my, like, sugar coma days of regret uh, <laughs> as, I, as I sat without my dynamic PS4-themed covered in butter 
motherfucker <laughs> was uh that your standard attack is not the way to deal damage that's just to build up your meter like yeah the shinra guards which are like the stormtrooper fodder can go down in a few hits but like the i, I think the first thought i had while playing i was like wow the guard dogs are really tough and like yes. what you realize is that for any enemy above the you know standard shinra trooper they require a lot more strategy you have to really think about okay what's their weakness uh i'm gonna wait until i and there's almost like a sekiro-esque posture meter where like you eventually stagger their guard and that's when you want to go all out with whatever they're weak against right. which like yeah mixes elements of sekiro and persona i was not expecting into the combat yeah the the introduction of a posture meter into this game was absolutely wild i honestly of all of the things that like could have been ripped from the Dark Souls franchise, like any of those games, any FromSoft games. Uh, the posture meter is not the thing that I thought would be in every video game, but here we are in Final yeah, Fantasy VII, could, in yeah. uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Like it's everywhere now. Yeah, it's. I think that could very well become the next like bar. You know, the HP, magic, and then like you know. I mean, they kind of had that in um an early version of that was like in Skyrim and Oblivion with the fatigue. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. But this is like. Not not to the degree of Sekiro where it's like a ballet dance of timing and, and you know, like yeah. strategy. But it's more like, okay, you broke their posture. Now you can double on damage. Mm -hmm. But once you get Barrett, you see what situations to use him in. He has, you know, a turret for an arm, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> and he uh, can, he's great against range enemies and he's great against... Uh, he has a lot of he has he starts with the lightning spell which is good against machines so i actually played a lot of this demo as barrett uh mm. because like especially for the big boss fight against the scorpion it was like most strategic to play as him he also has uh his stances are he has his normal mode and then he has a mode where he takes half damage but also gives out half damage so like he is the tank you know, in the original yeah. game, every character had their stats and it mattered more in the beginning. And you can kind of tell like everyone was sort of like a vague echo of a classic Final Fantasy class. Like Tifa was a monk. Mm -hmm. um, Sid is kind of a version of a Dragoon. But here, I think they're much more focused on like, because in the original at a certain point, it just mattered of like what material do you have and what limit breaks do they have. Right. And and, the care, and that was exciting because before then, everyone had a very concrete role. And in 7, it was like, use whoever you want and you can make them whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but here, I, I'm interested in the idea that like, we're moving away from the concrete classes, but everyone still has a role to play and your party management matters. And there's a very, once you get Barrett, that's where the combat really came alive to me because there is such a focus focus on switching between party members and like that works so well and really aids i think the strongest thing about this game which is the ensemble the fact that like mechanically the biggest thing to pay attention to are the characters mm -hmm. and like there's a point there's a lot of like organic dialogue that popped up while fighting the boss uh robot scorpion where like Sometimes an enemy will just grab one of your party members and you have to switch. Yeah. So, like, it grabbed Barrett and it switched to Cloud. And I was like, oh, shit, and I didn't save him in time. And Cloud's like, are you okay? And Barrett's like, I would have been if you did anything to help me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I I really enjoyed their... Uh, I really enjoyed their banter at a certain point. Like you, I think the one big thing, like it's weird because the voice acting is good. Like they have a lot of really great actors in this cast. Mm -hmm. um, the guy who voices Barrett was Jet and Cowboy Bebop, the English dub. Oh, great. Um, I didn't know that. Which is kind of a similar character actually. And I think Cloud is perfect. Like I think I think for Cloud me, Cloud great. and yeah. Jesse 
were the standout performances and like really are exactly how I envisioned them. And just to touch on it, uh, like I really think above all else, they nailed cloud. Like they can, and I think they nailed cloud in a way that I was worried they wouldn't because cloud has kind of become the like quintessential RPG protagonist, you know? And I think a lot of the spinoff stuff and a lot of him appearing in smash brothers and all that have forgot what makes him interesting and it's that he's this like kind of snooty young dude who's putting on a gigantic front. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the game like really like I love the scene where Barrett's like, how old? You? Oh, he says like, what are you, 20 something? And he's like, soldier, first rank. And he's like, oh, I guess you're one years old then. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, that was a great moment. And like Barrett too, like Barrett is a character who a lot of this game is so much about identity and like, you know accepting and relishing who you are despite what the world tells you you are or or what your circumstances have made you like i think barrett kind of has this front of being this like very tough very aggressive boss but like you quickly learn pretty much after that mission that he is probably has the biggest heart of anyone in that cast yeah like he cares so much about the planet and about that group of people. And um, you get a hint of that when you're on the elevator and he just like starts going off on this essentially a rant um, yeah. on the elevator. And everyone in the cast is looking around like, is, is, does he always do or like Cloud is looking around like, does he always do this? And everyone's like, yep. yeah. And they're like there yeah. for it. They're like, I mean, because yeah. they are part of Avalanche. So like that's right, what they signed right. up for. Exactly. Um, and yeah, he uh, I think I want to talk more about the characters later because I want to talk more about the battle system while we're on it. But like that that dynamic of like these two characters who are getting to know who the other one really is while they're actually like battling presenting egos is so mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, like you, I was a little bit concerned, like the voice acting is good, but I, I wanted to check out the Japanese cast. Cause like some moments feel like a little off for, for reasons I can't quite place. Yeah. Like, and, and I just would rather see like if it flows better in, in, in a different language. Um, but either way, like I, I having played it three times, like it, it, I think just like my nerves are so heightened while starting it that like once I was in the thick <laughs> of it, I just, I enjoyed all of it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. The, the combat is like really, I, I think what I'm most excited for is the addition of a third party mate. Like, having having two characters to switch between and to strategize with was really exciting and the fact of like <laughs> the fact of having tifa just running around punching shit in the face just makes me very excited like she's gonna be so fun to play as yeah totally based on what her moveset I'm so, is yeah i'm also very excited um and Aerith too and, and red 13 like i think I'm, I'm curious to see how the other characters will play um and like what their role will be i could see cloud being like a sort of definitive like overall character barrett is the is the ranged tank tifa is the sort of close combat uh offense and Aerith is like support magic mm-hmm. um and then i could see the rest of the cast being variants on that where like yuffie might be like ranged but like more attack based like tifa and less of a tank We'll see. I have no idea. That will be in part two. So let's let's uh, not count our eggs before they hatch. But yeah, I I thought the combat is like the selling point for anyone who like is less invested in the stuff that I love, like the story and the characters. But yeah, I think uh, now segueing into more of the plot stuff, like the remake and and a lot of the promo stuff and a lot of the blog posts, they've said how like they've gone out of their way to retain a lot of. A lot of like small moments of the original, but also add new content 
which I think is kind of an interesting balance. Um, and I've already we've already seen that in this first chapter, where uh, one of the biggest changes is, is in the original. They bomb the the reactor, and it like blows up pretty dramatically. Yeah, and. The immediate moments after are like Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge being like, oh shit, like we killed like probably dozens of people who like were innocents in that mission. Right. And kind of grappling with that. Whereas in this one, the bomb they use is just enough to to remove the pump. But then Shinra, who is watching, like activates a few robots to make the explosion worse. Right. Um, Which honestly is like just a brilliant change to that story. I think so, yeah. I think because it introduces Shinra way earlier for maybe an audience that doesn't know them and doesn't know like how awful they are. And also kind of like it does remove the fangs of Avalanche a bit. But I think like the the it makes more sense that a bunch of uh, that a bunch of like kind of eco terrorist would would just try and disable the thing instead of completely annihilate it. Yeah. And and, and I think you can still have those moments where they question their actions without having them solely responsible. Yeah. I think it could confuse the tone a bit, but I, that being said, too, I really like uh, Avalanche, and I think like those are characters who are who are a big deal in the beginning of the original game, but like clearly there have been a lot of additions to in this remake. Yeah, um, especially because like uh, Midgar is the first. Depending on how quickly you go through it, it can be anywhere between six to ten hours of the original game. So like, there's been a lot of discussions about like you know because this is going to be a thirty hour plus RPG just in Midgar. So that's essentially like at least three times as big as what the original one was. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I think for conversations about like, okay, how long is this going to be? And and how much are they going to blow up everything? Because if they do, it's seemingly never ending, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, potentially. But I really see them, uh, based on nothing, the optimist in me sees part two coming out like within a year or two. And I think that it will probably streamline a little bit of the of the world map stuff. I still want them to cover major beats, but like I don't think they're going to do everything. And I think it makes sense to have part one just be Midgar because like that is, even though it's like according to playtime, not a gigantic chunk of the game, that is such an informative part of the game. Like that is like the first act. I think it's the thing know. everybody sticks to and remembers. Yeah, at least absolutely. like as soon as soon as you bring up Final Fantasy VII, the first thing everybody thinks of is Midgar. And I think the moment, I mean, slight spoiler, but the moment you leave Midgar and realize there's a giant world, like is the is the perfect place to end this part. Absolutely, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and that will, you know, I mean, and yeah, it's 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 daunting that we don't really know like how many parts there are and and when they're coming out. But like, I also don't think they would be going all out with all these. Bu- promos and like advertising if they didn't have some type of roadmap planned you know like that would be that would be a lot yeah um i have been hearing um part two in two to three years it is uh if i had to guess completely out of nothing i would say probably six years before the entire thing is done and then we'll get like this big complete edition uh that's a long time (laughs) it is a long time (laughs) yeah we'll see i mean you know i i i'm just like like I said, I'm a fallen priest of hype. I'm I'm in no matter what. But yeah, the the demo I think really does cement like because I I've gone through all shades with this game. Like if you listen to earlier episodes, I kind of was indifferent. Like I was like I don't really need this. Like the original is there. 
I didn't even believe it was really happening, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then like completely 180 after that E3 where they showed off more footage. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I, 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 and I think the conversations about like, when will this be done and the original still being there? I think like, I, I do kind of value the sort of episodic release. I think like that paces it out in a way that will be nice and like gives them more time to really give this the time it deserves. But, you know, I think, like, it's also interesting because I've read a lot of articles that by writers I really admire and, like, they're good articles and they raise a lot of important questions. But a lot of what I've read of, like, the more skeptical takes of this game have been, like, as someone who's played more of it, everything I've played is amazing and rocks, but will it be enough? It's like, probably. (laughs) If everything you've played is great and it's a 30-hour RPG. And the thing about Midgar, too, is, like, yes, that's the first part, but that is like that could be its own story like there is a version of that game where the story ends when you leave midgar and like there is a catharsis there obviously there's so much more people want to see and like you know half the cast is not even introduced yet so like (laughs) i i share that kind of worry but after playing the demo and seeing like the care they've given the characters and and the combat is being so fresh while also retaining like what makes like they really took the best of real time and turn based and somehow made it work where like when you pause action to strategically choose like what you want to do next it just like works really well um yeah. and yeah and i and i think like i'm really curious even in Midgar to see how certain moments are going to land um like avalanche speaking on them uh Midgar spoiler skip ahead probably 30 seconds but like their deaths are going to be so brutal that's going to be such a sad part of the game like it is in the original but like that's gonna really be heavy in this one yeah um and i'm curious to see how that's gonna land yeah um i i think just to speak on the the idea that this might not be enough like if if you gave me a if it was one to one final fantasy 7 1997 final fantasy 7 2020 if if it was a one to one remake and the Midgar section only took eight to ten hours, that would still be worth the money. That would still be worth the experience. That would still be worth existing if it plays yeah. this well. You know, yeah. if I could have exactly what I just played for forty five minutes twice for ten hours, I, I that'd be dumb to say no to that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't I don't really put any stock in that personally. Um, I. And honestly, at this point in like the hype cycle and in the press cycle, like I just I don't see a world in which people get up in arms about how short the game is when it comes out. I feel like everybody's been prepped on that for maybe five to ten years at this yeah, point. This game is going to come out and there's going to be 30 strange YouTube videos of a man screaming in his room, no matter what happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I can see it so visibly. I could see like ang- angry, angry Mark hates this game yeah. you know, or whatever. And like one out of look, 90. Yeah, that's fine if you don't like it or if you're not excited or if you have valid reasons to be suspicious. And I think I think that's where, you know, I mean, again, like those articles I mentioned some of them are by writers that I really admire and like aren't hy- hyperbolic at all, but they're just sort of like, okay, like what is the game plan here kind of thing? Yeah. But like you said, Which that I, think- I understand because there's not as much transparency. I think, I think exactly. where, where I think there is a valid question in there, like me saying, okay, if it's, if it's one-to-one between the original and the remake and you just get 10 hours of what we just got, that's going to be great. But as soon as you tell me it's going to be 30 hours, I start to wonder where the extra time is coming in. And that's where I start to worry. Like that, yeah. that's the only unknown about this game that I'm starting to 
be a little bit like on the fence about. I'm still going to get the thing. And from what I've seen in the demo, just the way that they've slightly changed the story to make Shinra more overtly evil immediately, I think is is honestly compelling and and shows to me that they are looking at the original story in a way that is both like critical and evolutionary like they they are questioning what works and what didn't about the original a thing that people already think is perfect uh and and trying to make changes to it so yeah i'm i'm really curious to see where those extra hours come from um but like you i think i'm optimistic about it yeah i i think they've confirmed that there are like side quests to do so, like, that's something that didn't even exist in the original. Right. So, like, that can probably give you more time to spend. And, I, yeah, I think, like, <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to kind of really slog the pacing. Cause I, even though Midgard's a short part, it feels long, especially as a kid. That might as well have felt like half the game. Like, yeah, it is such a such a strong setting and leaving it is like, oh, my God. And I think I think some of the stuff that follows after, like, you can because the game is three discs. Yeah. The majority of it is on the first. And the second disc, like, ends, and the third disc is really there. Like, it's just sort of all the end game stuff if you want to do it. But, like, in terms of the main plot, the third disc is just Sephiroth. Like, it's just the very end. Mm-hmm. Not really a spoiler. Like, you know you're going to fight him. <laughs> uh, I won't spoil how the other discs end, because you still don't know, right? That has not been spoiled for you? No, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Keep Brendan safe at all costs. We almost had a slip up in the Discord, but thankfully uh, people called it out, because we all want to protect you. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Yeah. That won't even happen in this part but part two, <laughs> oh, okay probably. great so i yeah i have at least three you more have years probably five more years to avoid something that is akin to darth vader being luke's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think like the biggest thing is like we'll we'll see how it how everything is when it comes out and i think like that conversation can happen um as hype as i am like i'm also open to being critical and i think like i'm i'm just really going in expecting it to be its own thing like even though in this demo they have retained so much of what I think makes the original important, mm-hmm. it's inherently going to have a different vibe. And I think like I'm really excited to see how they, uh, going back to an earlier point, how they exist alongside each other. Yeah, it also makes me really want to play the original too. And and I think that's a really cool thing about this. Where like much like how I think sometimes a movie will come out and people will seek out the book or seek out you know, whatever the source material is. Not to say that a movie is a remake of that, but, like, this is the kind of thing where one is not going to supersede the other. They both exist, and I think one will generate the interest in the other. I think and that's, like, a, that's a really cool point. thing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. So, like... Yeah, but I'm I'm just weary of the, of the of the 18 YouTube videos of like why are they ruining my childhood? Just please leave your room and just do anything else. Go buy butter <laughs> like I did and get a rejected email. Yeah. Oh man, I uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say about it. But like I am basically like right where I was. Like I think I think I had no doubts this was going to be great, and it is. And yeah, uh, the the biggest question mark is like some of the voice acting. Like I think like there are some performances that are just perfect, and some that are like a little strange okay uh speaking about avalanche for a second biggs has this like charlie sheen vibe that i can't shake off and like makes me not as into him above the other two <laughs> okay. like I, maybe i'm alone on that but i just feel like i'm so into avalanche and then charlie sheen shows up and i'm like oh shit okay here we are wow one thing too uh last point last thing i'll say uh-huh. about the ff7 demo remake uh, is that there are some, uh, speaking on like the value of a remake, there are a lot of moments that I didn't quite perceive in the original 
such as like how much avalanche needs cloud like in, in this demo yes. you see them like kind of running around and doing like basic stealth shit but they're all kind of scurrying in the shadows and, and it's kind of funny they're like hey good luck uh see you later because like none like they can they can fight but like it takes three of them to maybe take out one soldier yeah um and barrett obviously is very effective at fighting but like they really could not do this mission without you. Yeah. And I think that adds to a lot of the tension of Barrett, like having to pay someone who who allegedly once fought with Shinra, which is why he's so like rough to Cloud. Right. He's like, you know, and does not believe in the cause. Like right. he is very clearly there just for money and will bring that up constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did. And they do a great job of setting up Cloud's like identity crisis with like you know the ringing in his ears whenever he answers basic questions about himself and flashbacks Mm -hmm. but i thought it was funny when jesse's like hey so you and tifa are you close and he's like uh tifa and i (laughs) starts like ringing in his ears i'm just like it is it's a dramatic moment but it was just very funny to me to be like no we're just friends okay (laughs) as his ears are ringing (laughs) some garden state drama for you amidst the ff7 remake demo (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Great. It is so good. It is a absolutely like just thrilling experience. Uh, not to like be the guy on the fucking back of the box quote, but like it is. It is so so exhilarating to play. Um, that I, I and it is honestly one of the more boring parts of the original. Like when I at least for me uh, playing it in 2019, when I was playing through that bit of the original, I was like, this is fine. And then it was like once I got further into the actual like conversations with more people in Midgar and started building the party up, that's when I started to really click with that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Making this part of the game this fun really just uh really really just bodes well, I think. Yeah, and also like the the enemy design and how they fight. Like there's a lot of random enemies you fight in this reactor in the original that like have really out there designs, but you don't quite like feel because they're just things to like mash attack against. Yeah. But like, you know, the shock troopers that are kind of almost Valdo-esque, like kind of slither around and yeah. you have to like they're hard to hit. They're fun. Um it makes me really excited too about like pretty much every enemy in this game. Like, what is the fight gonna be with the like twin-headed dragon in the in the glacier cave? Mm-hmm. Or like, what the hell is the fight gonna be with Sephiroth? Like, how amazing is that gonna be? Yeah, it's gonna be you know? sick. So <laughs> it just like, and I think that's where where the articles I mentioned have some merit. Where it's like they're just building up incremental hype with these installments, and the fact that like we don't know when the final one is out, but like. It's going to come out, and like like you said, the off-off chance it like ends here tragically. Not enough people bought buttfingers, and they run out of funding <laughs> for this. Uh-huh. Like I am so blown away by just this Midgar section that like the other things can come whenever they're ready. You know, like yeah. I'm just really excited to revisit this world and this reimagining. And uh, and the original is always there. Like I, it makes me want to go back and play through. Maybe we'll do a uh, maybe like if I go through it all again, we can do like another you know another episode of uh, FF Seven um, <laughs> in case we need another one. Uh huh. But uh, perfect. Yeah, that's where I'm at. All right, should we wrap up? I guess that's it. Yeah, half butter, half demo. Yeah. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. We are back on track with our weekly schedule. We took last week off because we were both at C2E2. So. Thanks a great for time. Continuously, it was such a good time. Yeah, if, had if you had the time. ability to go to C2E2, uh, as a person who works in the comic book industry, kind of, uh, I mean, not kind of, I guess I do, um, and goes to conventions for work, 
uh c2e2 is the best one i've been to it's so good like by we went to a lot of cool panels uh and a lot of just like great artists uh it's as someone who is extremely extroverted but also like gets a lot of anxiety in big crowds it is the like perfect balance of like an active busy event that isn't overwhelming yes um and as a person who is introverted but is loud on podcasts uh i also had a great time (laughs) oh we're best friends with different personalities uh but yeah good time thank you all just for listening and for for being supportive of the show uh it feels like we get more and more positive feedback as we do it which is great and we're also always open for for constructive feedback as well if there's something that you'd like to see us cover or or you know like as we move into season three of the show which is wild you know and in three months we'll be doing the show for two years and a lot of our positive growth is due to people kind of reaching out to us and being like hey could you make a discord which has become like a really really active place of of, of for the community around the show that that brendan and i are both involved in Stuff like that, like let us know what works for you, and and uh, you know we have we have a Patreon at Enter the Cast, which like is there to sort of just give us more resources to do more around the show. So at this point, since starting, we've started doing our our monthly newsletter, uh, which is uh, Medium Into the Cast. Uh, we have our Discord, and you know we try to do streams when we can. That that's sort of the most kind of up in the air thing schedule wise. But I just wanted to once again thank you all, and also like keep the door open for feedback because we're very open to hearing that. Yeah. Uh, it is also worth noting that uh, in the past week, it, an enterprising fan has created uh, a subreddit for the show. Um, yeah. Which we are not moderating, but like does exist. If, if Reddit is more your speed, uh, it is r slash into the aether. So you can go check that out if you want uh, as well. Yeah, I, I guess run down the Patreon list, right? Uh, thank you so much to Akira, Alex, Andrew, D, the other Andrew D, Ariel. Uh, I feel bad saying Andrew D and the other Andrew D. I want both Andrew D's to know that you are the first Andrew D. And Andrew I, and D I, remake. And I, I alternate. No, that's worse. <laughs> I alternate which Andrew D is the other Andrew D every week. Anyway, Ariel, B, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, uh david dennis elliot hilton inez jason jeff josh cameron connor kieran kim kyle mark marcel melly muffin pie micah min murray naomi no name pablo philip robert salupizi scout shelly skin tight alloy spencer trevor <laughs> and will um thank you all so much wow for, it's a long uh, list back thank in the you. show yeah I, I stumbled a lot on that one we're, you, we were used to a rhythm for a while, and then like eight more people signed up, yeah. which is very flattering. Uh, thank you so much to everybody um, who has done that. It is, uh, yeah. it, it means so much. And yeah, I, just like uh, the question of where this money goes currently, I think like in the coming year, we're probably going to start using it for things like uh, boosting the Discord so we get more features in there. And like if there is a game that Steve and I are like iffy about, but there's a lot of hype about and people want us to check it out, like that, that can go towards that. So And editing costs as well. Uh, yeah. That's like probably the main the main thing but yeah um yeah i think that's uh for full disclosure i think every game on this show i've purchased because i want to play it but every blue moon there's something that like you and i are like okay we have to talk about this even though we're not beholden to what's coming out like yeah. death stranding was one of those things mm-hmm. and that was the first game i used the patreon funds for and ended up loving it so thank you for death stranding <laughs> i had a great time yeah thank you bb Thanks, um, but yeah that's that is and if you ever have more questions about that we can be more transparent and like maybe make like goals to hit certain objectives if we have something in mind yeah um 
So, yeah, if you want to support the show in other ways that aren't financial, there are plenty of ways to and equally valid. Uh, we have uh, you can review us on Apple Podcasts uh, out of five stars, whatever you see worthy. And you can also just tell a friend about the show. That's honestly the best way and the easiest way. Just spread it around if you think it's worth listening to. If you also uh, have a vendetta against but or TM, you can spread our message and we can revolt. <laughs> Uh, I think that is it. Oh, we have a Twitter account at Enter the Cast. Pretty much everything is at Enter the Cast except for our strange cursed email, which is into the aether podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, you can email us there if you have anything to say. Um, but yeah, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. My name is Brendan Bigley, and you can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a wonderful day. Have a great one. Stay hydrated and get some rest. Yeah. Cool. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, AJ. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.